Okay. You know what I'm clueless about today? It's quite interesting. Sponsorship deals. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I mean, Jordan Blair um, really shed quite so much about sponsorship deals and the technicalities behind those deals that happen. So now that I know, you know, how they work and um, how to navigate that whole technical aspect, that business side negotiations and things like that. I mean, I think it's high time I know how to get those sponsorship deals because I really need some sponsors. Um, It's really expensive running a podcast with no money coming in. So I really want to know if I, as a small indie podcaster, can get sponsors and how to get that. I'm really clueless about that. I think I can help you with that. Finally, you did it on time today. Who do you have for me? Pete McPherson helps brands grow through creative content marketing. He has published over 200 podcast episodes, interviewing some of the world's top online entrepreneurs and marketers, such as John Lee Dumas, Neil Patel, and many more. He's also partnered up with a lot of brands and has been very creative about it. He'll teach you a thing or two, so dial him up. All right, old bull, take me to Riverside. Clueless Entrepreneurs, welcome to The Clueless Entrepreneur, brought to you by the Msane Podcast Network. My name is Dawood Simpson and I am a clueless entrepreneur. I'm trying to build a podcast business but have no idea what to do or where to start. If you can relate to this then you're listening to the right podcast because this podcast is about helping you and I as clueless entrepreneurs to be better entrepreneurs who have successful podcast businesses. So my question is to you, are you ready to be less clueless? And perhaps before we start, just to you know, find out from you, what is one thing that you are maybe a little bit clueless about, but you're very curious to know, or that you're exploring right now, or want, perhaps want to explore in the near future? When it comes to direction and focus, if you had asked me five years ago <laughs> uh, when I started my current brand, Do You Even Blog, I would have said the same thing. Like, I'm pretty clueless. I have a lot of different directions I could go, and I have a lot of different topics I could focus on, a lot of products I could focus on. I'm not sure which direction to go. And then I thought I had it figured out, and then I would be clueless again, and I thought I had it figured out. Well, it just so happens right now in mid-2022, I'm definitely clueless again. I am spending my days just trying to uh, look journal and brainstorm and just take long walks and think and ask my audience questions to try and figure this out. So yeah, decisions based on which direction to go. Very clueless at the moment. Mm. Wow, that's pretty interesting. And perhaps do you think, you know, it is an advantage for you to to be clueless? Does it help you in any way? Uh, perhaps innovate and things like that? I think it helps for the long term. I think it feels like it doesn't help for the short term. I would th- hmm. I would think this applies probably to everybody. Feeling overwhelmed and or clueless in any sort of a way, it, it just kind of brings you down into the day-to-day activities and possibly gets you overwhelmed in lots of different ways or feeling frustrated or yada yada. I know it does for me, but I am of the opinion that surely these sorts of experiences, feeling clueless or otherwise, will help build us up for the long term, right? Like teach us things from our failure, from mm-hmm. our frustrations, and hopefully make us better entrepreneurs, right? That's the dream. Yeah. That was about the wisest answer I think I could come up with at the moment, but I do. I do think it makes us better. <laughs> that that was definitely wise. That was definitely wise. Thank you very much for sharing that with me. Um, 
And yeah, thank you very much for all of your insights that you've shared thus far. And we haven't even started. Um, today, we are talking about sponsorship deals in terms of how to reach out or find sponsors. And so I just want to find out from you, you know, when you are a podcast business um, and you are looking for sponsors, how do I, I identify, you know, the right type of sponsors which will fit my brand as a, you know, podcast business? Yeah, I think this is a very simple question and a very complicated answer, or at least I'm going to make it complicated. Some other people might give you a more simple answer. Let me start with this. I think it depends on the show. Now, obviously, there are some things like, oh, it depends on what your podcast is about, the niche, the topic, or whatever. Obviously, that's one of them. Show size. Are you getting a million downloads a month, or are you getting a thousand downloads a month, or are you getting... 50 downloads a month, like of course, that's going to factor into a lot of these, um, you know, who, who can I work with? Who's going to pay me money to sponsor my podcast or whatnot? So I, if you want to, I can dive deeper into my thoughts on those specific things, but I also want to circle back and just give you a, 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 a real answer. And so you can, yeah, you can dive deep if you want to, uh, you know, yeah, just do whatever you want. Linda, if it's okay with you, I'm going to lower expectations and say, I'm not the best at going out and getting other sponsors. I've never been particularly skilled at it, mostly because I don't, I don't really care. I've always supplemented my business with digital products and mm. services and affiliate marketing and stuff like this. Um, but I have gotten some sponsors in the past and I'll, I'll share my two cents. So I would say... This is going to sound lame, but I, this is where I would start if I were a podcast. If I were starting from scratch for a podcaster, I would just go look at all my competitors first. Step number one, I would find the massive shows in my industry, in my categories. I would try and find some like mid-tier to smaller shows, and I would see if they have sponsors. I mean, I would I would literally open up Apple Podcasts or Spotify or something. I don't know. And actually, I usually start with Google. Let's say you run a parenting podcast. I would go to Google and say top parenting podcast. And I'd probably do some searches and find like 10, 20, 30 different podcasts. You can literally make a list in three minutes. If you just go to Google and type in best parenting podcast, you can find a list of 30 at least in a couple of minutes. And I'd probably open up Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. And I would listen to the like first five minutes. I would do it on like, 2x speed so you're not wasting a lot of time here yeah. <laughs> listen to the intros for all these podcasts and just write down any sponsors i mean literally just make a list on a piece of paper or something and i would try and get a solid list of like 10 now if i did this right now i would probably get down like 10 sponsors that i've heard and right off the bat i could probably eliminate a few of them based on these are like like amazon.com or audible is sponsoring this podcast well, Audible might not sponsor my show, or I may not have like 20,000 downloads an episode where I could work with some agency like Triton. I don't know if Triton, is Triton still a thing? I don't know. There are agencies out there where they will go find you sponsors, and they'll put programmatic ads on your podcast, and you have to have a certain amount of downloads to make that happen. I've never done that, because I've never had like 10, 20, 30K downloads an episode. Like, I've never been there. So I don't know. Um, but if I'm reverse engineering my Google approach, I could probably eliminate some based on, well, probably not big enough for these, or maybe these aren't quite in my industry or niche or topic or whatever. And hopefully you have at least a few that you could start building relationships with. So I I tend to think of these, like, these brand partnerships to use fancier language here as very long-term. This is the advice that I've heard for years and years from other people. And I kind of, I, I, I adopted that. I was like, okay, don't just reach out and you're aiming for one sponsorship for like one season or one episode or something like that. Like try and make connections with these companies. Yeah. And there are a few different ways to do this. Of course, actually there's a million ways to do this. What I have personally found the most helpful and I, so 
Linda, you sent me a, a few notes offline. One of the questions I had it in front of me just a second ago. Oh, here you go. Um, the communication channels to pitch yourself to mm, brands. Yeah. Email, DMs, face-to-face, that sort of stuff. Here's my secret sauce. Wouldn't work for everybody, but this is where it worked for me. In person, face-to-face, for me, it's conferences. Um, and Twitter, Instagram, or even like, I don't know, TikTok or something. Not Facebook. Not email. You might be able to get some people via email to ask if they sponsor podcasts, to inquire about that. Can you put me in front of the right people? I've never had any luck with email. It seems like it's just, it's just harder. But going on Twitter or Instagram and like sending DMs, that has always worked better for me. I don't know why. It's just, I guess they receive less Twitter DMs than they do email or I don't know why. But I seem to get a response much more often. And then I would tell anybody this. If you have a podcast and you have the opportunity to go to in-person events, do it. Even if you hate it, if you're an introvert, I'm an introvert. I don't like like socializing that much. Yeah, same here. Uh, it's expensive to go to some conferences, especially if it's far away and you have to fly there and then you have to get hotels. Like, I, I literally have a budget for conference travel and I save up all year around so I can go to like one or two or three conferences a year. But it doesn't have to be far away. It could be if you're if you have a parenting podcast, just finding a local parenting group and making connections there. See if any of those people work for companies that you might want to partner with, local or international or digital or it could be anything. But you asked the question in in your notes and I will definitely underline. I think face to face in person talking with companies and brands is by and by and large the best way to go for podcasters period and it's not even close mm. and you know perhaps you know you're speaking about you know parenting podcasters for example um and going to network there and at an event or something like that do you have to i mean can is it possible to get sponsors who aren't usually like sponsoring podcasts for example aren't in that space but can you be able to get them to sponsor your podcast and how do you go about that um you know reaching out to them those particular types of people businesses yeah i'm so glad you asked that because i left out a crucial little tip in my you know 10 minute rant just then so (laughs) Never, ever, ever make it just a podcast sponsorship. And I think I think this is pretty normal now. A couple of years ago, I don't think many people are doing this. But now, the way podcasting is, it's definitely a thing. So if you went up to a local company, not a big business like Audible.com or Casper Mattresses. I don't know who the big podcast sponsors are. But if you went up to a local small business in your hometown or in your area, some somebody who does a little bit of marketing. Maybe they take out ads in a local newspaper. Maybe they sponsor a local baseball league. I don't know. Something like that makes money and could spend on advertising theoretically. If you walked up to these people, you met them at a local event, and you're like, hey, I have a podcast, and my audience is parents um, located in the United Kingdom or something. Would you like to sponsor my show? They would be like, uh, what? I don't, uh, they, they don't know what that looks like. Mm. Probably. They may have heard of a podcast before, but they're like, is this going to make me money? Like, how does this work? But if you had a media kit or a presentation document, or you could just tell them like, Hey, would you like to sponsor my podcast? It also includes this item, this item, this item, and this item. And I'll just tell you what those items are. If you have an email list, if you have a newsletter with any amount of subscribers on it, promotion to them. That's very valuable. That's literally something they're getting on their devices where they can click to an advertiser's website. Whereas a podcast sponsorship, like just saying, hey, this podcast is brought to you by so-and-so. That's not really generating a click. It's not really generating traffic. It's generating some brand awareness, but that's about it. Uh, If you have any social media presence, on TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, 
or you have a Facebook group with a, some an audience in there, hey, I'll promote you to my Facebook group. Hey, I have a website. If you're into SEO, you'd be like, hey, I have a website. It's DR30, meaning I get like 30,000 visits a month from Google. I will place a banner on my website to your small business. Now you're talking their language. Now you've gone from a podcast sponsorship, which is, it might be what you do, but any other assets you have, an email list, social media presence, website, um, I don't, I don't know. There's probably more that people could think of, but make it a package deal, right? Don't just do, I'm going to read aloud for 60 seconds and you know, pre-roll, mid-roll or post-roll ad for your small business or it doesn't have to be a small business, but any company, right? And I'll give you one more example that I'll shut up, I promise. So actually this, this is kind of a failed example because it never actually happened, but it almost happened. I had reached out to a an app, I won't say their name, um, but it's a very popular productivity app, like for your iPhone or Android or on your computer, productivity app. And this was like years ago. I reached out on Twitter and I was like, hey, could you put me in contact with somebody on your marketing team? I knew it was probably some customer service person that was reading their Twitter DMs. And they're like, yeah, sure. Why don't you email so-and-so-and-so-and-so at appname.com, whatever it was. I was like, okay, cool. So I got a contact right there. I emailed them and I was like, hey, I have a podcast that talks to online content creators of all types and they use apps like yours would you be interested in a podcast sponsorship my download here are my download numbers here's a link where you can listen and see it and past sponsors include yada 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 and they came back and they're like hey that's very thoughtful of you but we don't do podcast sponsorships i was like okay um what if we did this and i said i would make them a youtube video tutorial on how to use their app that's really simple like, I already use it. I pay for your thing. I'll make a YouTube video there. I'll also throw in the podcast sponsorship, and I'll also email you to my newsletter. And they came back immediately, same day. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we could do that. Like, how much? Send us the information. And that guy actually left the company, and the deal fell through about three weeks later. So I didn't get the, the sponsorship. But it was those extra secret sauces right there bundled together Whereas a podcast sponsorship was just like, eh, okay, maybe. We don't do a whole lot of that. I don't really know what that looks like. But I had some other assets that I could throw at them that made them say yes. So there's my tip. I mean, thank you very much for that. I think that's very mind-blowing. Um, looking at the other assets which you have within your business. Because I think many people are still, you know, very skeptical or maybe confused or don't have a full understanding of what podcasts are and how it might help them in their businesses. So I think looking at things which they understand, having those assets, using them as a bargaining chip is definitely something which I think could be very beneficial. And thank you very much for sharing that because I hadn't really thought about that, you know, using all of those assets to my benefit. And so perhaps, you know, when it comes to finding those sponsors and you know i just i'll get to the media kits because i think that's something which is interesting which i'd like to get into as well but just you know looking at where do i find um places whereby i can get you know information of people who can sponsor my podcast and then i can be able to reach out to them you know how do i do that how do i get in contact let me just ask it like that how do i get in contact with those you know sponsors and and things like that how how, how do i find the people who can help me that can be really hard depending on depending on the company so the only tactic i really have i think for people would be to reach out to literally anybody who will respond and that means for most companies of any decent size, customer service. Like you can literally go to people's websites and you know how they have like the little boxes that pop up, like chat with a representative or do you have any questions like contact our team or you know, those little like chat boxes or whatever. You can start there because those people will respond. It's their job to respond. No one's going to ignore you on those channels. Where if you're like emailing their CMO or some marketing person, like 
you're probably never going to answer. Um, I would start there just because you have like a 100% chance of getting a response. Now, of course, that's not the person who makes the decision. So you, you do have more steps in there. What's worked for me is just asking for a marketing person. And one thing people can do is just say like, hey, I have a podcast and YouTube channel and website. My audience is fill in the blank. My audience is entrepreneurs. Like I'm looking to partner with more brands. Is there any way you could put me in contact with somebody in your marketing department? And just nicely formatted, good grammar, just like one paragraph with a little bit of who you are and what you're looking for. And then the ask, can you put me in contact with somebody in the marketing department? That has I that I've always had success there. Um, not that I always close, you know, sponsorship deals all the time, but just getting in front of the right people who are going to, they probably won't be decision makers. Like, oh, I'm literally going to write you a check tomorrow. No, they probably have bosses or managers or whatever that they'll, they'll run it up the food chain. But that is, that's always been my, my best foot in the door. Um, I want to say one more other thing. This isn't precisely what you asked, but it also, you also reminded me of this. Um, so I'll probably, on average, we'll say the past three years, again, don't judge me, like uh, sponsorships aren't like my main source of income for my own business. I think I've done like three sponsorship deals over the past two years, three years. And I'll tell you right up front, they're not companies that normally go out and do a bunch of podcast advertising. One of them, I think, might. But I went up to these companies and I didn't really have a pitch. All I said was, I am a massive fan of your product. Let's work together. <laughs> like, that's it. And so for one of these companies, it wasn't podcast. Um, they paid me to do some YouTube videos because I'm also a YouTuber first and foremost. I also think most podcasters should probably be on YouTube in one way or another, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. Um, I I literally just went up to them at a conference, by the way. They were hosting a little, just like a meetup, right? It was at FinCon in Austin, Texas last year. They were hosting like a little meetup, like a, a bunch of these companies do, a bunch of these brands do. It's a small-ish company. It's not like the Fortune 500. Um, but I, I went up to somebody and I was like, hey, I just want to tell you, like, I'm a massive fan of your product. I've been using it. I've been paying you guys for over two or three years now. Like, I just love it. And we should work together. And they're like, huh, okay. And what they will always say is, tell me more about yourself 100% of the time. You go to a conference and you strike up a conversation with somebody at brand, they will just ask you, like, tell me about your podcast. Tell me about your show. And that is your foot in the door to be like, well... What they're really asking is, are you a good fit for us? D does your audience, are they going to buy our stuff? That's what they care about, right? And so in this particular circumstance, I pretty much laid it out. I was like, my audience is me. My audience could also be big fans of your product. My audience is bloggers and creators who monetize their craft on the internet. That's my entire audience. And here's my downloads. Here's my YouTube views. And I kid you not, I did this. It's going to make me sound really cool. Not really. Um, in this particular meetup, people were drinking beers, like having fun. I'm talking with um, this person who worked at the company. I I closed the deal like this. I opened up my phone. I found my own. I went to YouTube, like right there in front of them. And I, what did I do? I don't remember. I only had like four videos that were performing like really well. The rest of my videos were like, you know maybe max like 200, 300 views. But I had a, I had some that were like 30,000, like 40,000 views. And one of them had to do with their niche. I don't know how else to say it. Um, and so I literally YouTube some keywords and I was like, see that rank one video? That's me. And doing that was like, this is what I could do for your brand. Of course, that was making myself look very good because I didn't show them mm. all my other videos that weren't performing. Yeah. But you see the point. Like, I, I just told them, I'm I'm about you. I like you. I use your product. I'm big fans of you. And so for people listening to this, I think that is a very underrated strategy to use. 
even if some brands you like, they don't do sponsorships. They don't have massive bubbles. It could be a local company. It could be anything. You could walk up to your local. Um, I just had uh, Mexican food. Uh, my family just had Mexican food. I could literally go up to them and say, like, I am in love with your Mexican food. We eat here several times a month. I have a podcast. Like, would you guys be interested in working with me? Like, I'm sponsoring this. And I could give you more details, and I could hopefully send some business your way, and whatever. I wouldn't do that for my own audience, but you get the point, right? Find companies you like and that you use that would also be a good fit for your audience and just hit at the DMs, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Find them at conferences. If it's local, drive there and just start talking to people. Start with customer support, ask for marketing people, and then just be persistent. Like, don't take no for an answer. <laughs> or not, don't take no for an answer. But, you know what I mean? Like, don't give up when they don't email you back. Yeah, I get what you're saying. No, I think those are really, you know, some great value bombs which you just dropped there. Um, I, I think it's something which is very vital, as you said, that it is underrated, you know, finding actually companies which you use yourself, which you like. Um, I think that's something which can be beneficial for your you know, for your audience and yourself, because it will be very genuine, because uh, it's something you genuinely appreciate. And so it'll even come across through, you know, whatever you'll be presenting for the sponsors. And, you know, perhaps, you know, um, when it comes to what the sponsor, when you are reaching out to them, what they want from you in terms of what do they ask for? Um, usually I heard that it's a media kit. So can you just please explain to me what a media kit is, um, what it consists of, and how do you go about compiling or creating one? I will do this, but then afterward, I'm going to do a total cop-out, and I'm going to link to a... You know what? I have two resources. Um, it, they're my resources. I'm, I'm self-promoting, but I have a blog post on sponsorships, um, that details my friend Kellen probably should have had Kellen on this podcast instead of me. He doesn't have a podcast, but he is the king of just working with sponsors. That guy makes over $250,000 a year just from sponsorships with his blog. And I'll get back to your question, but just an FYI, um, something smart he offers it, we're talking about packaging up different different assets you might have. Um, the brands he works with, he offers Facebook ads. So he's like, yeah, we'll do a sponsored post on our site, but I will also run Facebook ads for you from my Facebook ads account, from our business, not from yours, from ours, promoting yours. And that's, that's one of the things like he packages in. Anyways, um, on my website, I'll give you the link later because I don't even remember it. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I have his media kit, the exact one he uses. There's a PDF there. People can look at it. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I just copied his, <laughs> like the design and what he put on it and stuff like that, right? They're all my stats. So long story short, well, number one, if you do any in-person things, you'll want something you can print out. There's that. But for most of us, um, it could just be a page on our website, whatever that is. Hopefully, everybody listening to this has at least some website for their podcast. Um, it could just be a page on the website. And I'm not going to say all the things that should be on there. You're probably going to have a little bit about you and your audience, who they are, as well as your stats. How many downloads you have? People want to know. Is it the best metric? No but it's all we have <laughs> as podcasters, right? Um, or website visits or people on your newsletter or, or all the stats. Um, I, I'll leave you with this though. This is a pro tip because I had somebody in my private community put together a media kit and it looked fantastic, but he was like, I don't actually have those numbers. Like I wish I could say I had 30,000 visits a month, but I don't. How can I make my own numbers look better? And I have a good tip here. Showcase growth. Meaning if you only had 100 websites visits last month, but this month you had 150, that's 50% growth. 
Did I do that math right? It doesn't matter. The point is, um, on my media kit, which I don't have that great of numbers either, I say, like, I've grown 110% since in the past three months. Like, I literally have a graph that shows, like, a, you know, an ascending line of audience growth. I don't remember what my media kit is because I haven't looked at it in two years. But the point is, like, if your stats are still pretty small and you're a little embarrassed by your download numbers or whatever, if you have any growth, put those numbers on there and highlight them in green, right? Like 30% growth month over month or whatever it is. So that's, that's my one tip. Okay. A media kit is any document. It doesn't have to be a, a kit, quote unquote, of different things. Any document, like a one-page PDF, a two-page PDF, even a Word doc um, with information on you and your audience and how you serve your brands. With just information on you, your audience, how you serve your brand. Now now for the copyouts. If you want to see amazing um, media kits in action, I will point you to, I have this blog post, doyouevenblog.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, doyouevenblog.com slash Rachel. Halfway down that page is a YouTube video that is 46 podcast sponsorship tips in 13 minutes. That's one I made. And then there's also a link to podcast junkies. If you don't know what that is, actually, I don't even know what podcast junkies in. All I know is they have a ridiculously good media kit. I linked to it somewhere on that page. I'm trying to find it right now. I know it's on this page um, that people should go look at and copy. Or you could just go to Google probably and type in podcast junkie media kit. And then it's the very first one that pops up. It says media kit for podcast junkies. Look at that page. They have information about them, information about their audience. They even have like testimonials of companies they've worked with. If you have any of that, that's fantastic. Social reach um, and different stuff there. You can go check it out. But there you go. Okay, so when it comes to pricing, do you come up with the price? Do you suggest the price or do you ask them, you know, what they would like to pay? Um, how does that work? I suck at this. All right, I'm just be really honest. But, but um, I, I mentioned when I went to the conference last year and I was like negotiating with this brand, I was going to do some YouTube stuff for them. I reached out to my friend Kellen, again, I'll, I'll give him credit where credit is due. And I asked him the same question. I was like, dude, I have no idea how much to ask of this company. What do I do? And he gave me two tips. He says, number one, just ask their budget. Sometimes they'll just tell you straight up front, like, here's what we spend. Here is what we pay creators or podcasters such as yourself. That did not happen in my case. So I had to go on to step number two, uh, but do that first. Just ask like, Hey, what is your marketing budget for this sort of stuff? Hopefully they'll give you a number. If not, you have to move on. Um, step two was me having to present them something. And it's really smart. That's what Kellen told me to do. He's like, give them three numbers. We mentioned bundling packages together, like with different assets that you could provide them. He's like, make one that is really, really easy for you to fulfill and not a lot of money. In my case, I think it was like $500, $500 or something like that. Um, and he's like, make another one, a mid-tier, a middle-tier offer with, I don't know, maybe some social media stuff thrown in there, maybe a newsletter mentions or whatever for like, I don't remember what mine was. I think mine was like 2000, 2000 US dollars. And then he's like, put another one on there that is just like everything. Like you're going to just crush it for this brand, right? You're going to do podcast sponsorship. You're going to do Facebook ads. You're going to make some YouTube videos. You're going to mention them in the newsletter. You're going to put the thing on your site. You're going to wear their t-shirts for a month. I don't know. He's like, make one of those for like $5,000. Send them options. And of course, we could probably all guess what they did. They chose the middle one. Right? Like that's what they, that's yeah. what they do. Um, but I think that way just gives them more, more to think about. Um, yeah. 
ask for their budget first, and then make up some offers based on some different stuff. That's really all I got. Okay, so what determined your pricing, you know, when it comes to your podcast? What what made you charge that certain price and things like that? I just made numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, I, all right, I have one more tip. But the truth is, there are no rules for this sort of stuff. If you're if you have a massive podcast and you have 20 million downloads a month, there are rules for that, or at least there are guidelines. There are CPMs and RPMs and like industry podcast industry guidelines of how much you charge for, for a pre-roll or a mid-roll or post-roll, 60 second, 30 second. I don't even know what those are. And I don't really care. If you're not that podcast, there are no rules. There are no rules. My first podcast sponsorship was $100, and it was a friend of mine. I emailed him when I very I started before I even launched a single episode. I was like, dude, just send me $100 so I could say I had a podcast sponsor. And he's like, what? I'm like, just do it. And he's like, okay, fine. And that was my first podcast <laughs> sponsorship. Um, this last one I mentioned, it was like $2,000. I just made it up. There were no rules. I, I had nothing. I had nothing to show for that. I was just like, I don't know, 2K? Mm. I just slapped the number on there, and they said yes. Um, but one more thing I will say, and it's always important to remember, we all perceive money differently. $2,000 is a lot of money for a lot of people. $2,000 for some of these companies I'm working with is nothing. It's not even like the people I was negotiating with. It wasn't their money. It's my money to me. Like, I get to put this in my bank account. That's $2,000. That's $10,000. That's $200. I don't care. That's my money. But to them, that's their manager's budget, right? This is not personal to them. And a lot of these companies have budgets that you would not believe. We're talking, well, I don't even know how much. Just mind-boggling, right? Um, I'll give you one more example. I got a pod- I hope they're not listening to this. It doesn't matter. This is years ago. They don't care. Um, I got a <laughs> podcast. I won't say who it was. Never mind. I got a podcast sponsorship two or three years ago. Again, from a conference, just me talking to people. It was a podcast movement, a conference for podcasters. It was that podcast movement. I went up to one of the brands there. I struck up a conversation and I was like, hey, I would really like to, you know, keep talking about working with you guys for a sponsorship. He's like, cool. Yeah. Just email me. No problem. I was like, all right, cool. And so I worked it out and he was like, yeah, send me over. Um, I don't remember what he called it. Not a media kit. In fact, they even had the document. It was a Google doc where just, I just filled in information about my show. He's like, yeah, just fill out this Google doc. We send it to everybody. I was like, oh, okay, cool. No problem. And I wrote in a number for the podcast sponsorship. I don't remember what the number is. I really don't, but it was like, okay, well, here's my number. And for me, it was like, this is this is going to be like 12 episodes of sponsorships. And he emailed me back. It was like, this all looks amazing. Um, you know, here's the paperwork for you to fill out like, and we'll be good to go. And I opened up the paperwork and the amount was 12 times my number. He thought I meant per episode. Whoa. And my, <laughs> I literally like called upstairs to my wife. I was like, uh, what? Crazy. Like this is my number for the whole damn thing. And he did 12 X, right? And of course, I did not say a word. I signed the contract and I fulfilled my end of the bargain. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But that was just this lesson of like, that, like I was happy with the first number, right? That's money in my bank bank account. To Mm. them, it's just part of their marketing budget and a drop in the bucket for what that company probably earns. So you just never know. You just never know. Well, I mean, that's just crazy to hear, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I guess you shouldn't be afraid to ask, basically. And, you know, I like what you said about playing by your own rules. Um, I mean, yeah, podcasters are rule breakers. So that's definitely something that one should consider. Um, and, and perhaps what are some of the mistakes um, that are common or even uncommon that we should avoid making when actually reaching out to sponsors for a sponsorship deal? Number one would be thinking that your show is too small or that you're not good enough, or you're not ready for sponsorships, that's just not true. 
that's just not true. I have a student who runs a podcast. It's so niche. Like, parenting would be a broad niche. This is the opposite of that. It is very specific. Um, well, I don't mind saying it's my friend Karen from HondurasNow, I think, .com is her domain. Maybe that's changed. Um, but she started a podcast with a sponsor, like, before she launched a single episode in a very, very niche topic, right? And I'm going to be honest with you. She's fantastic. But because such is a niche thing, like, she didn't have hundreds of downloads an episode. She's, she didn't. But she had a sponsor anyways. And, by the way, how she made that work? She went up to a company she already knew and had worked with before, like in a volunteer sort of thing, and be like, I want to work with you guys. That's I'm very specific. Like, I want to work with you guys. It's not like, hey, I'm looking for podcast sponsors. No, it's I want to work with you because I know you and I like you and I follow you and I've used your product and that sort of stuff. That's how she got that. But the show's very, very small, right? And my own show, I told you I got that the the 12x number i was just blown away like my podcast is not big enough for that type of sponsorship but they didn't even care that not only did they care not care but i never even got a follow-up from them like i sent them the episodes as they were live and they were just like cool nice work like, like nothing and so mistake number one is just thinking you're, you're too small you don't have the downloads you're not ready for it yet you don't know what you're doing. Like those are all just generally not true. I think everybody who has those thoughts would be very surprised. Now that leads me to the only other mistake I'll mention. <laughs> it's very closely related. And that is, we mentioned like persistence earlier. This cannot be underscored enough. Like you have to be persistent. You have to email them and DM them again and again and again. That's, that's just the job. That's just how it works. And it's not personal. Most of the time, it's not personal. If somebody doesn't respond to you right away or within a couple of days or within a week, it's generally not personal. They're probably busy. They probably have work to do or whatever it is. Just email them again and then email them again and then email them a fourth time. <laughs> like, be persistent. Be polite. Don't be a jerk about it. Um, don't write super, super long emails that they have to like filter through. Just very short. Just be a human. Be like, hey, I'm just following up on this. That's it. Um, but I think people are a little timid. Maybe they think their show's small or whatever. And they start reaching out to brands. Maybe they even get a response or two. And then they just kind of like let it fizzle out. Um, that's mistake number two. Like you got to stay on them. And again, it's not because they hate you or they're trying to avoid you. And you're pursuing them like a used car salesman. That's not it. It's just like that is the level of communication it takes to work with brands. That's it. That's just part of the game. So mistakes um i definitely have thought that my podcast is way too small for sponsorship deals so you know you have opened up my mind in terms of actually looking at my podcast with the potential to actually get some sponsorship deals um so thank you very much for sharing that would you like me to put you on the spot would you like me to challenge you right here yeah go ahead go ahead okay I want you, you don't have to name their names if you don't want to, but I want you to think of two people that you know who have some sort of business or audience. Do you know any other podcasters, like on a first name basis, or any other creators or, or online entrepreneurs that you can think of? Again, you don't have to actually name them, but do, can you think of a name or two? Mm, like who I've got like good communication with? Perhaps if you email them and they saw your first name, they would know who you were. Oh. Even if it's like, not that you're best friends or whatever, but they would be like, Oh, that's that guy. He ha he runs the clueless entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know though. I don't think I, 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 I'm bad at networking. I guess I don't ha I don't have that many networks. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll think about it. What more. About yeah. Okay. If you had one or two names, I, I was going to say, like, you could email those people and ask for a sponsorship, like, today. Not $2,000. Whatever. Just very, very Reasonable, little. Reasonable, yeah. something. Something that pays for your podcast hosting for a month. Or your domain name for your website or something. It doesn't have to be a lot. And by the way, if you're not, like, 
doing YouTube videos for them and running Facebook ads and doing all these other things, it doesn't actually cost you that much mm. to create a podcast sponsorship. So it's actually still a fair deal, even if it's only like 10, 20 US dollars. I don't know. Um, that would be one option. What about your, do you live in a big city or do you live in like a small town? Um, it is a big city here in South Africa. Um, definitely is. So, yeah. Um, another thing that came to mind was what about a, I'm not sure what you guys call it there, a chamber of commerce. You know what I mean? I think we have some like that. Yeah. Okay. Some sort of, some sort of organization that is specifically designed to help small businesses. They, they go by a lot of names, um, even here, but they often do stuff like this. Like they're more open and acceptable. If you went to that, if you like walked in the door to a local chamber of commerce or some sort of organization, government or otherwise that helps small businesses specifically, and you told them what you do and a little bit about your podcast and just ask if there's any way you guys could work together, then I don't know. They might be open to that. One more tip I have for not only you, but I mean, people listening to this, it's not all about the money either. Yeah. Yes. We all want to make like $20,000 for like a podcast bunch. That would be great. That would be life changing. Um, but that's not the only thing that other people and brands can do for you. For example, in the chamber of commerce thing, if they have a directory of a bunch of small businesses um, I'm thinking of my, my old local chamber of commerce. They held monthly events for small businesses. It's not like thousands of people, by the way. I mean, there would only be like 20 people in the room, right? It was a small town that I grew up in. Um, they would have local events like once a month. They would have networking things. They would um, have like learning sessions like in their little office. Again, there's like 10, 15 people. It's not a massive thing we're talking about here. But if they promoted your podcast, that could get you downloads. That could build your audience. It doesn't always have to be about the money. You just approach it from this this viewpoint of let's help each other out. Let's have a partnership. That's why I like the word partnership. Like brand brand partnerships. Sounds fancy. But really, like, hey, how can I help you out? And then how can you help me out? Like, how can we do this together? How can we grow each other's audiences? How can I send you people and you send me people? Or pay me and I'll send you people, right? Cash. That's fine too. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that goes back to the whole build relationships thing. I think it's another heavily underrated. No, story. definitely. Um, I, I mean, normally when we think of sponsorship deals, we think of money, 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 money. So, you know, I really like the aspect of actually looking beyond the money and look at other ways a brand can you know offer you some value and perhaps you might even have better chances of actually securing that sponsorship deal because you know you're not talking about money uh, but you are offering ways that you guys can help each other out so i definitely love that and using the word you know brand partnership uh, i think it's you know it just changes the mindset around it you look at you know, serving each other um, and working for each other in the best possible way, which will benefit both your brands. So I definitely love that. Um, I guess the last question for you, perhaps, um, can you like, you know, perhaps do a sponsorship for free? Uh, I mean, like an ad for free, for example, um, promote a brand for free without telling the sponsor, potential sponsor, like, maybe there's a company which you want to impress then you just do a deal i mean an ad on your show for free um and then take it to them and tell them that hey guys i made an ad for you guys um just to try and impress them you know maybe it might have generated some leads or you know there might have been some huge download numbers on that episode with that ad could you do that could you be successful in perhaps impressing um, that potential sponsor. This is hard. Um, so there is a weird legal, I want to say gray area, but it might even be like an off limits area where you might be able to do something like that, but you have to be very careful with the words you actually use. For example, in, in my country, you can't, 
uh, use affiliates without their knowledge and call them podcast sponsors. That's illegal. You can't do that. There are different words you can use, um, which is really weird and stupid. I don't know why they do this, but they do. I can't um, use one of my affiliates. I'm just making one up right now. How about uh, Surfer SEO? That's an app for SEO bloggers. I cannot say like, hey, this podcast is sponsored by Surfer SEO, even if it's just like me promoting them for free. Like, I'm not allowed to do that. That's actually illegal. So I don't have any advice on that. I would say consult your local jurisdiction and your laws and like see if you can do that. Um, one thing I do know that, excuse me, one thing I do know is that you can absolutely promote anybody you want to. You just have to be careful of the language, right? So if you wanted to impress a potential sponsor, um, it's better to be safe than sorry. Just don't say, hey, this is sponsored by so-and-so company. You might just be like, um, we'll see you surfer SEO. I might say something like, that. I love Surfer SEO. They did not pay me to say this. They're not sponsoring this, but I'm just a massive fan. And so I want you guys to click on over to surferseo.com or uh, my affiliate link, like dyeb.link slash surfer and tell them Pete Sincha, they're super awesome. And if I can go to Surfer now and say, hey, I've actually been giving you guys a shout out on my own podcast for a month. And I think I drove you this amount of clicks or this amount of leads or this amount of new customers or, or something, right? Um, that might, that might lead to something that might impress them. That might lead to something, but you just need to be careful with the words you actually use. I know where I'm at. It's actually illegal to say that. Wow. I mean, it totally makes sense. Um, and I don't want to get anyone locked up. So everyone, please make sure that you take this advice. Thank you very much for sharing that and all of the value and knowledge that you've shared in this episode. I mean, my mind has been so opened up and the examples you used are very, very, oh, can, can I you have something to say. One more. Thing. Yes, you can totally. And then I'll shut up. Hang on. Let me grab this. I'm going to So I, I just picked something up in my office here. I know those listening can't actually see it, but it is a, a keyboard. And I got this one. I got this one for free. And how I got this for free was mm. I have a second YouTube channel that talks about keyboards, computer keyboards. And part of the reason... Just keyboards. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm a nerd. Okay. I have a lot of mechanical keyboards <laughs> around me. Very, very nice, expensive keyboards. Um, I don't make a ton of money off of it yet. It might one day. I hope it does. But I'll tell you one thing I get. I get free keyboards. <laughs> I don't even have those. I don't have massive numbers either. I, I've only been doing this for like six or seven months. But I have just enough to like attract the attention of some of these companies and they send me free stuff. And it's always been like this. Not for the keyboards. But um, I mentioned, I can't say who they were. But actually, yeah, I can. I, I throw a few numbers out there. Um, one time, I did a sponsorship for SmarterQ.com. It's like a social media scheduling tool, automation tool, or whatever. Um, I reached out to them, and I was oh, like, okay. Yeah. I will, I don't even remember what I offered them, but I was like, I'll, I will do some sponsorship if you'll just give me a year for free. And it didn't cost them anything. That cost them nothing, right? There's a, they're an app. It's completely scalable. They're like, yeah, okay, we'll give this dude a free account for a year. Well, they saved me like 20 bucks a month. I don't know. It was like a couple of hundred bucks a year, right? And I want to, um, I just want to be sneaky here. Again, it's not always about the cash money. Don't get me wrong. Like cash money sponsorships, that's great. But free product is that's also pretty sweet, especially if it's something that you would pay for anyways, right? Um, I don't mind saying this because I love these guys. Right now, we're recording this podcast on Riverside.fm. So I've worked with Riverside before. The first time I worked with them, they've actually sponsored my show. Um, but the very first time I worked with them, I did the same thing. I was like, hey, I will promote you guys if you'll give me a free year of Riverside. And they did. Now, I don't don't everybody go reach out. Lindo, please don't go reach out to Riverside. <laughs> like, hey, you guys got to give me free stuff now. Um, 
this was like three years ago when they were, or two years ago when they first started up. But uh, free product. If it saves you money, it saves you money. Cash in your bank. Like, to be honest, I actually tried that with oh, Riverside really? and all that. Um, just a week or two ago, you know, said I'll just a month for free or something like that and see, you know, if it can generate some. Yeah. But yeah, we tried that. I tried reaching out to them and all that, but I haven't been persistent enough. So I'm going to be using your tips and things like that. But I definitely. Well, they're big now. They yeah, got, yeah they're, they're a much bigger company than when I, when I did that. Might definitely be harder to to get them. So I definitely will try and open up my mind, and I hope other people who are listening here should also try and do that and see what other ways can brands actually offer value to your podcast or to your podcast business. And perhaps, you know, I mean, you've shared so much knowledge and value today, and we thank you for that. I just want to know what's your call to action. Where can we reach you? Where can we find you? Um, yeah, you can just tell us all of that so that we can go out and reach you. <laughs> so I uh, I used to give a lot, a lot of <laughs> different links that people could go check out. But... Recently, I've kind of consolidated consolidated everything, excuse me, right to my homepage. So do you even blog.com. I'll have some links to podcast episodes I've done. I'll have some YouTube videos up there. YouTube is actually my first and foremost channel these days, excuse me. But everything's right there. Links to social. I'm not active on anywhere except for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow me on Instagram. You won't see anything there because I don't do anything. Uh, but do even blog.com. That's it. And thank you for asking. Thanks for letting me uh, hashtag self-promote. All right. All right. No, I mean, you you deserve that. I mean, after everything, I'm sure people do definitely want to connect with you. Um, do you even want to blog? You'll set, I mean, we'll definitely link it down on the show notes uh, below. So, Pete, I mean, you definitely, you are a podcaster slash YouTuber, and I'm too lazy to close off the show. So can you please close off the show for us and take us home? I know I'm putting you on the spot right now, but yeah, can you please do that for us? We would not be able to do any of this stuff for very long without some listener, even if it's one person or five people or whatever it is. So I want to close off by saying thank you for I mean, not only listen to me yap away, but for supporting this podcast, right? So thanks everybody for listening. And Lindo, thank you for having me on, man. It's been a pleasure. This episode was so, so mind blowing. You know, it really made me realize that even I, as an indie podcaster, as a small indie podcaster, can really get sponsors and get my podcast up and running and i'm really so excited and looking forward to trying out some of these things that pete you know told me about i think the best thing about it is that he really um he really shared his own experiences you know of about how he managed to get some sponsors and it was so relatable for me and so i appreciate you pete uh for everything that you shared with me in this episode and perhaps for you who's listening to this please guys please subscribe um make sure that you share this with your friends when i check the download numbers oh man it's really embarrassing it's really bad um yeah so i really would like to grow the podcast i think the best way of growing is by sharing uh, the podcast with other people who might be interested in this type of content another thing uh i saw a tweet about you know how hard it is to be an indie podcaster and you know the difficulty of maintaining the consistency even though you don't see the results of your work it's really quite hard i experienced that a lot as well and so i suggested that we should have you know a place a mastermind type of group whereby we share with each other ideas we critique um, each other's podcast episodes we tell each other what to change and and things like that you know and really really help each other grow and improve um and yeah i really would like for that to happen i really would like to say that join the facebook group um and we could you know make it serve that purpose uh, but if you guys have any other ideas in terms of how we can make that happen a mastermind type of group 
for us a small indie podcast it doesn't have to be big even five people is actually more than enough uh please do hit me up on twitter at lindo msane or at clueless entrepreneur and um you will get me there and uh we'll talk and yeah let's make something happen yeah and remember it's okay to be clueless so as you're listening to this podcast you won't be clueless for long i guarantee you that <laughs>